You were talking about the shaving the hair. They shaved our hair, took our pillows, gave us his uniforms, and tattooed our arm. Tattooed it with a number. So that became our name. Instead of, let's say, my maiden name Spitz, you know, only Spitz, they called it by name, by the number. Uh, then they again started selecting people who would be working at certain areas. My sister and my dad selected to work at the uh, railroad station where all the luggage. Right? No, it's okay, she can take it. Where all the luggages were parked. There were tons of them. What we had to do is to separate the items that the people have brought along. Closing some silverware, like we took a little candelabra, kiddish cups, you know, <laughs> some yogas. Those that the most valuable pieces that we were able to take along. And I was going to say that before we left home, my mother was foresighted enough, and all the jewelry that we had, now she doesn't understand. I should stop lying there. Yeah, because it is sad. It's a different language. She speaks a different language. No, I'm talking about because of the sound. Hmm? Just because of the sound. Um, so before we left home, as I said, my mother was foresighted enough, and she asked to help her hide the jewelry to, to take it along. The watches, the necklaces, earrings she had, but we had girls, others what we sold it into cold hams, cufflinks, mm -hmm. shoulder pads, masked children. This is to be used only in case life-saving, the hidden jewelry, and may come a time when we need it to save our lives. Uh, so as we were working, it was called the Brezhinka, where all the languages were stationed, and then they asked us to separate every item in different Baskets and other places. But they turned as you were baby, that we also hid the jewelry because all these people came. We had jewelry, yet nothing was out of our hand. Mm -hmm. So they asked us to rip open shoulder pads, hams on the coats, cufflinks, you know, fur coats. And, others. and there they were, 
in different baskets. I was thinking, oh, my dear mother, she, she was also hidden jewelry. Don't look for it. was like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. I don't know where I find it. But they hoarded the silver bear, the jewelry. What the value was the whole thing. Everything had to be separated in different ways. A day or so, I asked one of the uh, officers there. There was that sale up there every morning, early in the morning. We had to get out of the barracks and they lined up. And they would call us by the number. Mm -hmm. And at one occasion, I was saying, my dear, I don't know what. You know what it means, the morning prayer. And one of the officers saw my mouth moving, and he angrily said something like, Who are you cursing? The girl next to me was bright enough to say, Oh, she's only reciting a poem. <laughs> So he let me go, otherwise he would have pulled me out of the line and beat me up. After a while, I asked one of them, when I'm going to meet my mother and father, sisters and brothers, oh, your mother and father? He said, you see that chimney? The smoke coming from the crematorium? That's where they are. You know, I was just thinking, my sister who was married and had children all ages, babies, living in her home. And in the shower, as you know, is that the water coming from the shower head? Maybe meet the cats and all those children clinging to their mother's naked legs and the babies in their arms. What a guest. And their bodies put into the crematorium. I mean, I don't know how one can survive.
anyone who was tired and wanted to sit down on the bed called road was shot immediately. The waters were full with young dead bodies. They didn't have enough strength to keep walking. And I wanted to do the same thing. I said to my sister, I have to sit down and rest. She knew what would happen to me. So she grabbed me under the arm and slapped me with her so that the show should be. We arrived to a place called Bergen Belsen. No, Ravensbrück, sorry. The, uh, the place was called Ravensbrück. Another horror of the death camp. Late at night, there was a big courtyard and we all collapsed on the wet, snowy floor and fell asleep. During the morning when I woke up, everything was all around me. Can you survive? Can you go on living when you see all these things? We stayed there a couple of days, and they still had time to further grab us to another place. It was called Neustadt Glebe. Why were they moving you around to different places? Because the Russians or the English or the Americans were Coming. approaching. Closing and in. each time, you know, like the following day that we left Auschwitz, and now the Russians came in oh, and we left uh, Ravensbrück, I am not sure, but I think it was the British who came. Each time they felt that the Allies are coming, they still moved us further away. And the last place was uh, called Neustadt-Gleve. At that time, we were already bones, skin and bones. They couldn't give us any food. We Musulman, you know what it means? Anyway, and we were there also for some time. I was so hungry. One night, I slipped out from the better to go to the officer's kitchen to look into the garbage can for some discarded food, potato peels, anything, just to have something to eat. Late at night, it was an MSS saw me I have to tell you the names that he called me. He beat me with his stick. I don't know how long I lay there unconscious. When I finally came to myself, on my hand and feet, I crawled back to the bed. 
things. Can one survive? started a long journey back. I mean, after we, we were liberated, and the Russians were not very generous with food. Mm. They, they had a hard time themselves, you know, the war. And as we were leaving, we went into the um, German houses. Anything that we saw, we just swallowed. If it was oil, I drank the oil. Mm. But if it was fat, anything, we were so hungry and weak. A lot of us became very sick. We couldn't continue. You too? Or no? Did you become sick too? Yes. So anyway, Your story. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So the rest is history.